Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter and the 15th verse. And then also, then we will skip down to verse 19 and 20. So we're going to read 15 and then 19 and 20. Moses speaking. See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And then there's a few other things he says. We won't take the time to read the verses in between. We'll go to 19. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him. For he is thy life. And the length of days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. And I want to share with you this morning from this thought, it's your move. It's your move. We need to personalize this. It's our individual move today. Can we pray that God will give us personal revelation from his, from his word? Can we block out everything? This afternoon's going to be there. Tomorrow's going to be there. That is, unless the Lord comes today or tonight. But let's just right now focus on what the Spirit is saying. Father, we come. Thank you for your, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your direction. Thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for the spirit we've already felt as we've worshiped you. And now I'm praying that you will give us personal revelation of your word in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, before you're seated, uh, in pre-service prayer, I felt the Lord prompt us to do this. And I would like for those of you underneath and in this section, would you, uh, would you just turn and face the east? Would you, in these two sections right here, would you face the west? Uh, you can continue facing south. Can you turn to face north? And this is what I want us to stretch forth our hands, and this is what I felt the Spirit asking us to pray. Can we pray for every honest-hearted person in every church building in this region? It doesn't matter if they have full truth, half truth, if anybody right now is seeking after God in this region, can we pray and commission angels right now to them? I wish we'd lift up our voice. It's not just about what God's already moving in this house. We, we know what's going to happen in this house. But there are people that are seeking after God, and they need revelation. Father, we come right now. We thank you. God, we thank you that you're giving us a vision beyond just these four walls. I'm praying in every church, in every home where people are meeting, that have their Bibles open or are singing songs, I'm praying that your spirit will move north, east, south, west. 
Father, we want to play our role in this region, not just in this local church. And let it be done. And can you shout in Jesus' name? And can we give him praise? God bless you as you're seated. It's your move. At the time of this event, when Moses was was speaking, he was 120 years old. His leadership is ending. His earthly promise is not realized. He knows now it's not going to be realized. His long road has been cut short because he made the wrong move. He was in step with God so many times. There were many notable miracles that had happened in his life, in his leadership. I really don't know of, of, of anyone other than Jesus Christ that there were more miracles that worked through him. But at a time, he dishonored God in front of the people, and he stepped across a line that God just could not allow, even though it was Moses. There are, there are many messages to be gained. There are many things as we look at the story of Moses leading the children out of Egypt and the uh, journey through the wilderness that we can gain in our walk through our Egypt in this world. Uh, one would be the need to pray for our pastor every day. I was not uh, in attendance last week. I was traveling, but as my custom is, I always listen to whatever ha- comes across this pulpit from him seeking to stay in step. And um, we've just got to pray for him that he will not lose his way while seeking to show us the way. When I heard his first title, Support your local pastor. Uh, that was that was quite a title. It got my attention. But if you'll remember in his opening remarks, he said that he had another title that he almost went with, and that was how to save your local pastor. Whenever I was directed to deal with this particular story with Moses, my mind went to uh, what pastor preached last week here. The sin of Moses cost him dearly. Yes, I know that he later was manifested on the mount when Jesus was being transfigured. I know that it was very strategic, and we won't go into that particular message, but he represented the law, and Elijah represented the prophets. So we we know that that he appeared on that mountain. We know that he will be seen in heaven. I hope to get to talk to him. I may have to stand in line for about 400 years, but I, uh, I hope to get to speak to him. There were many, many mighty things about, about Moses, but he did not possess his earthly promise. He didn't. After everything he did right, he didn't go in. He led them through the Red Sea, but 
Joshua had to take them through the Jordan River and finish it out. And the story of Moses and the children of Israel is is loaded with messages to us today as we move through our own life, navigating through our wicked day that is rapidly moving toward the wickedness of biblical days. Uh, we are not living in, to the level that many of them in the Bible, you read through the prophets and you realize that our day is better than then. Uh, then you, you read in the New Testament, in the epistles and, and what all was going on then. We, we don't have it like, like they had it. We do not have it as bad as they had it, but we are heading in that direction, it looks like. Deuteronomy 30 does not represent a casual, nonchalant message from, from Moses. This, this is a passionate plea to the people. Now, I find myself at a stage in my life when I am half as old as Moses was then. But I realize that in these days, the lifespan that we're dealing with now, that I've come further than I'm going. And I'm realizing something about myself. I'm realizing that while I'm trying to have the fruit of the Spirit, I'm trying to operate in love. If you don't want my real opinion, don't ask me. Just don't ask me. I'm, I'm going to try to keep my nose where my nose needs to be. I'm, I'm not going to try to get in people's business, but, but if, if you ask me my opinion, you're going to get it. And I'm going to try to be as nice as I can be. And this is not just me, because I, now I'm starting to play back conversations that I heard my father say in his 40s. And had he lived longer, it's no telling what, what he would have said. Now, now I'm starting to get it. The longer you live, the clearer it gets. The longer you live, the more you look at situations and say, my God, why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? Why, why wasn't I zeroed in better? Why didn't I pay more attention here? And so then you look at people you love and you look at young people and you look at your children or some of you have grandchildren and it's like you're not wanting them to do what you did. And so we see Moses now at 120 years old, 40 years learning this, 40 years learning that, 40 years now leading these people and trying to get them to do right. And sometimes they did, and they were blessed. And then sometimes they wouldn't listen. And, and how many funerals did, did Moses go to? How, what was it like whenever he fell down on his face begging God because he knew that, that Korah and so many of the princes and the influential people of that day was going against God only to see the ground open up and swallow them. So Moses is standing there knowing and remembering that day that he crossed the line and, and although God loves him, he knows he's, he's losing and now he's at the end of his life. We find ourselves facing many different challenges in, 
in our life. And, and we need to heed the very same advice that Moses gave that day. He said this, you have before you life and good. You have it before you. You have death and evil before you. You, you have blessing and cursing. So would you please choose life that, that you and your seed may live? Would you please make the right choice? Would, would you love the Lord thy God? Would you obey his voice? Would you cleave to him for he is thy life? It's literally a leader standing there saying, would you please do right? Here's, here's what you have before you. You have life and you have death, but you don't have to die. You have blessing and you have cursing, but you don't have to be cursed. You, you can choose what's right. You can have life. You can have blessing. But it's your move. But it's your move. And so today I, I felt to share with you just a couple of things along life's way that I think will help us make the right choice. And I'm believing that people are going to make some right choices today and before we all get in our cars that there are going to be some people that are going to choose to change maybe the total direction of their life, maybe adjust a little bit, but are going to choose to make the decision to move toward life and not death, to move toward blessing and not cursing. And I believe the Spirit of God is going to empower people today to make that decision. I believe it. I believe if we're going to make the right decisions in life that many times it starts with embracing reality. Now, this is not easy to do because reality is often very painful and very ugly. Many times reality is hard to acknowledge. And knowing our present life location, while at times is, is not desirable, it's, it's important in order to move forward. If it was a day before GPS and I was needing to find this building, I would call and I would hope that somebody would answer the phone. And I would say, I'm trying to find New Life Fellowship. I need to come there. And the first thing they would ask me would be, where are you? Because until we could identify not where I think I am, but I, I'm going to have to look around and find a road sign. I'm standing at the corner of this and that. Maybe I could say, well, I'm at the corner of Highway 59 and 36. And so it would be very easy for them to lead me down 59 and then, and then 240 and then right over. But they have to know exactly where I am. I have found the longer that I work with people and deal with human nature, how hard it is for someone to mark the spot. It becomes very hard for someone to really identify exactly where they are. 
There's so many coulda, woulda, shouldas. There's, there's so many regrets. There's, there's so much uh, war within us at times to where it's hard to just mark the spot. When we have an issue in our body, we have the assistance of the x-ray or the sonogram or the CAT scan or the MRI. And, and what are these used for? They're used to mark the spot. They are used to define the reality of what's going on below the surface. But what we find in our life today is, is we have that same capability and we have the instruments that will do for the soul what, what that does for the body. And that is the Word of God. And that is the convicting Spirit of God. And when it calls us out, and, and whenever it speaks to us, we have a choice to make. I cannot tell you the times that I have sat in a service like this. The many times I have sat in this building since I've been here with pastor ministering or someone else teaching and conviction has set on me. It happens on Wednesday nights. It happens on Sundays. I'm, I'm not beyond conviction. I need to be convicted. I, I, if I am, if I have my mind and I don't lose my mind, I will make sure that I never move beyond thinking I can be convicted. I, I must come in the house of God open to conviction, open to the Word of God to speak to me. But whenever it happens, I have a choice just like you have a choice, and that is, will I embrace the reality of the Word of God? Will I embrace it when the Spirit of God is moving, when the Word is going forth, when someone is preaching out of the Bible and not just their own opinion, which we are blessed beyond measure that we have a pastor that preaches out of the Bible instead of his own opinion? When we embrace the reality of our sin. What is our sin? What, what is that sin that doth so easily beset us? What has become in our life the easy win for the enemy? What's the easy win? It's, it's that sin that doth so easily. It, it's just an easy thing that, that stops us. Can we embrace the reality of that? Can we embrace the reality today? Maybe somebody's here and you have never been born again of water and spirit. Maybe you have never gone down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you have never allowed the Spirit of God to literally utter through you. Can you embrace the reality that you have not been born into the kingdom? It's not the reality that you're not a member of new life. We would love for you to be a member of new life, but that's not the driving factor of new life. The driving factor of this church is to see you born into the kingdom of God. And can you embrace the reality that that, that has not happened? Can you embrace the reality of a non-kingdom-focused life? 
Can you embrace the reality that maybe we're living for ourselves? Can we embrace the reality of fractured relationships inside our own house? Can we embrace the reality of an unfulfilled life, even though we have been born into the kingdom? Can we embrace the reality of not living our kingdom potential? And last of all, I I could just have a long list here, but can we embrace the reality of you finish it? What what is happening in your life? What are you thinking in your life? What what is the spirit doing in your life? Can you embrace the reality that the convicting spirit of God is alive in your individual life saying Thank God for all the steps that you've taken, but there's another one to take. Can we embrace whatever it is? Can we embrace the reality of whatever is holding us back? And can we decide in our mind, it really doesn't matter what it takes, but my reality's not going to end right here. I'm going to embrace my present reality in order to move forward, but I'm not nearly about going to stay right here because I know the Spirit of God that's moving in me is trying to lead me beyond where I am today. It's embracing reality. It's making the move. It's it's choosing life instead of death. It's choosing good instead of evil. It's choosing blessing instead of cursing. It's choosing to love instead of being indifferent. It's choosing to obey instead of disobey. It's choosing to cleave to him instead of being distant from him. It's literally time to embrace reality no matter how ugly it is. It's time to embrace reality, no matter how challenging it is. But then when we embrace it, it's time to say, even though I have this reality, I will not sink at this point. It's not enough if we just embrace reality, if we just look in the mirror, if we're always talking about what's against us or what's holding us back, then we have no freedom in that. We're just in position to do something about it. And then I love that next step after you've embraced reality. Then we put our faith in God. That's what we do. This is the reality. The reality is I'm stuck here. The reality is this is the sin that does so easily beset me. This is the the reality is, is I have blown it here and blown it here. That's the reality. But then we put our faith in God. We don't put our faith in ourselves. That's a problem. We don't put our faith in our abilities. That's a problem. We don't put our faith in our money. That's a problem. We don't put our faith in our status. That's a problem. We don't put our faith in our connections. The truth is, if it can be burned up, if it can be flooded, if it can be blown away, if it can be stolen, if it can be embezzled, or if we can move away from it and forget about it, if it can't pass the Matthew six nineteen test, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, 
and where thieves break through and steal. If it can't pass that test, then it's not worth our faith. It's not worth our trust. It's not even worth our emotional attachment. If it can be burned, stolen, if moth can get it, if rust can get it, if we can forget it, if somebody can steal it, if it can be embezzled, if we're putting our faith, quit putting your faith in your portfolio. Quit, pour, quit putting your faith in your connections, your ability, your network. It's time to get it right. It's, it's time to get it right now, today, in the face of materialism, in the face of faulty, tricky faith, fake wealth. The Bible refers to it all as deceitful riches. Our faith must be in God, not my personal presentation. My faith, let me just dig down here a minute and spell it out. My faith has got to be in God, not the brands that I wear. My, my faith has got to be in God, not the brand of my suit or your dress or your purse or your shoes or the vehicle you drove up in or the house you're going to go home to. It's not your job. It's not your education. That's faulty confidence. When we put our faith in that, that is not going to work. My faith is not in who on this earth approves of me. My faith is not in a human. My faith is not in, I repeat, my personal connections. It can all be gone. We, we put too much confidence in, the, in materialism. It's like one individual said, they said, I hit a home run with that. And another individual said, yes, but you were born on third base. It, it's not about where we were born. It's not about the family that we were born in. It's not about the accomplishments of that family. It's not about our heritage. It's not about our bloodline. Our fa we can be very thankful for that, and I'm very thankful for the home that I was raised in. But my faith and my confidence is not in Jack Shock and being the son of Jack Shock, even though he was a great man. My confidence is not in the fact that I have a godly prayer warrior for a mother who has prayed hours for me all of the days of my life. My, conf my ultimate confidence is not in any human connection. My ultimate confidence is in God. My faith is in God. My faith is in the one that will never change. My faith is in the rock, the rock, the rock, Christ Jesus. I had a very good friend growing up. I was uh, connected with their family. They, they had a great family. They were very good to me very good to me. Their house wasn't in my neighborhood. Their house was in the, the uh, upper neighborhood of that time in Fort Smith. 
and in their driveway, their vehicles wasn't like the vehicles in our driveway. Now, they were very nice. They were not arrogant. They were not condescending. Love these people. Still love them to this day. But there was a Mercedes Sport in their driveway. There was the top-of-the-line Lincoln in their driveway. There was a Mustang in their driveway. There was a Corvette in their driveway. Didn't look like our driveway. They also had two private planes that the father had one, the son had another. And they would drive down to the airport that was close and they would fly. One would, would fly to Oklahoma to run their businesses. Another would fly to Texas and run their businesses. And just like I would drive home from my job, they would fly home in their private planes and land and then drive their nice cars. It all changed with one health crisis. That whole situation changed. And the stories are many of people that have a lot, but then one bad decision or, or one situation that they can't help or the entire market changing. And then everything can change. That's the reason why I say we better not put our confidence in any person, in anything. Our ultimate confidence is in God. I will embrace the reality of my life, but my confidence will be in God. I will not trust the arm of the flesh. I will not. It's not about any earthly thing. I know that that many people operate by, it's not what you know, it's who you know. That's very sad. It's, there are people, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Now you owe me. I, I'll turn my head a little bit on this deal because you owe me. No, no, no. It's, it's not about us owing. It's not about who we know. It's not about what we know on this earth. But it is, and I believe that Brother Tim said something about this whenever he was leading prayer. It's who we know when we're talking about Jesus Christ. That's where my faith and my confidence is. There are a lot of people today that are taking quite a beating because the confidence that they are gaining is in something that cannot deliver. And there is nothing that will make us as delusional is being convinced that that this person is going to complete me, that being a part of this group will complete me. Or if I could just go out and eat with them, or if they would just notice me, or if I could just win this award, or if I could just make so much money, and we put our focus and our confidence in that, and it will absolutely never work. It's not worth it. Yes, we need to do good in business. Yes, we need all of that. The, the principles that are taught at this church are absolutely amazing. But you can believe that you know your pastor says the very same thing that I am saying right now. You don't put your confidence in the things of this earth. You put your confidence in Jesus Christ. I'm believing that somebody today is going to ch literally change what you're focusing on in this life. 
I'm believing there are going to be people that your life is going to be changed today because your direction is going to be changed today. We're not talking about earthly circumstances. We're, we're talking about eternal. And so it's embrace reality and put your faith in God. And then lastly, take the next step. Take the next step. The next step. We want steps. We want everything lined out. God, show me the entire direction for the rest of my life. Doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that at all. I heard one leader say something. I was at a leadership convention in Arizona many years ago. And, and of all the leadership conventions I've gone to, this, this is one of the sayings that, that keeps coming back to me. They said this, in, in, in leadership, think checkers. You make a move, and until they move, don't move again. Quit trying to make every move for people. That It doesn't work. You, you make a move, make a clear move, and then until somebody does something, don't do anything. It's, it's it. And I come today and I say, God has made the move. God has made the move. When we're clear about this, then it changes our life. But there are two major thought processes that, that have to die if we're going to make the right move. And the first one that has to die is, it's not my fault. It's not my fault. I'm not saying that you have to say something is your fault that's not your fault. I'm just trying to say that if you're ever going to get moving, you're going to have to move past fault. Healing and abundant living is not determined by who admits fault. What if the guilty party never admits it? What if the guilty party is dead? Are you going to continue to be controlled from the grave? The chain of fault must be broken for steps to be taken. And so I'm speaking to somebody today that's stuck in what I've just explained, and I'm saying it's your move. It's your move. It's, it's not about fault. And the second one that has to die is this one. Well, there's nothing I can do about it. There's nothing... I can do about it. Well, let's redefine it because there's nothing we can do about them, but there's plenty that we can do about us. And that old saying says that, that it's not what happens to us, it's what happens in us. And I'm speaking right now to somebody that you're stuck, you're stuck, you're, you're idling in life because of another situation, because of somebody else, because of what happened, because of what was done to you. It's one thing for us to deal with what we did, but it's another thing for us to deal with what other people have done. I'm saying it's your move. You do not have to stay stuck. It's not about what someone else has done. 
It could be something they should have never done. It, it could be a crime what they did. They could have taken something away from you. They could have taken your innocence away from you. They could have taken other things away from you. And I'm saying today, when we embrace reality and we put our faith in God, that we can take the next step and we can move past any human who has control in our minds. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can allow the Spirit of God to be with that Word and with that Spirit. We can allow it to be the x-ray, the sonogram, the CT, the MRI that shows us exactly what we need to address. And please hear me when I say... If the Word speaks it to you, and if the Spirit is prompting you, then that means that God is ready by His Spirit to empower you to take the next step. No, you're not stuck unless you choose to be. You are not overpowered unless you choose to be. Now, whenever it's within your own power, there's many things that we can't handle. But whenever we put it in God's hands, whenever the Spirit of God speaks to us and we say, we know that the Spirit is saying, repent, then guess what? He will empower us to help us repent because He will not ask us to do something that He will not help us to do. Somebody needs to get that right now. Somebody needs to understand that there's some things you're owning that you don't have to keep owning. Somebody needs to understand today that, that you've been standing at a wall and you've been staring at a wall for a long time and it's not the spirit that has you standing at that wall. It is our flesh that has us standing at that wall. It's not the Spirit of God that is making us think our situation is impossible. Oh, no. The Spirit of God, listen, God is never out of options. Never. Never. God is never out of options. And what we have to do is we have to allow the Spirit to speak to us and say, I've embraced reality. God, my faith is in you. So what is your Spirit saying? And your Spirit, His Spirit could be saying, you need to repent of that and move forward. His Spirit could be saying, you need to humble yourself and get that right and move forward. His Spirit may be saying, you need to ask forgiveness for that and then let's move forward. His Spirit may be saying you need to make restitution for that, and then let's move forward. It could be. That's exactly what the Spirit could be saying. But in every step, He's saying, but I will empower you. I will empower you. There are people that are hearing me today, and the Spirit is clearly saying, take the next step. The Spirit is clearly saying, it might not just be in this service, it might not just be in this message, it could be when you've been praying or when you've been worshiping, where the Spirit is saying, take the next step. Repent of your sins. Take the next step. Be baptized in 
my name. Take the next step. Open yourself up for my spirit to fill you. Take the next step. God is calling you to greater kingdom living so you can have greater kingdom power. Take the next step. I'm talking to some people right now. I know that there are times when when making a spirit move means standing. You say, how in the world can that be? Well, we see that in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 13th verse. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And so the big issue that, that we're seeing here is making sure that we have done all, that we've done all, that we've taken step one, that we are committed to truth, that we are committed to righteousness. This is what it's saying, that we are committed to peace. We are committed to faith. We are committed to salvation. We are committed to the word of God. We are committed to prayer. When we're committed to that, then there may be times that even taking a step on the inside spiritually looks like we're standing still. But it's having done all, we stand. Well, what does it look like when, when the next step is backward? Are you, are you serious? Would, would the Spirit of God lead me to take a step backward? If we know that the Spirit of God is leading us, then we can step backward in confidence no matter what it looks like to any human. Because Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. We know that all things work together for good. That does not say that all things are good. It says all things work together for good. I'm speaking to people right now that where you are in your life, it does not look like you're moving forward. As a matter of fact, it could look like that you are moving backward. But I can tell you this, if you've got your faith in God, if, if you are living truth, if you are living righteously, if, if you are moving forward as you can based on Scripture, then all of these things that are going wrong in your life and what's pushing against you, you can just pull out Romans eight twenty eight, and you can say, well, God, here we go with another day. This is not exactly what I've ordered. This is not exactly what I like. 
As a matter of fact, God, I don't know which prayer list you're listening to, but what I'm praying seems like it's not getting up there. But God, I will just make this proclamation again today. You're God and I'm not. You see the end from the beginning. Your word says that as my days are, so will my strength be. You said that you will never leave me nor forsake me. You step in and out of time. We, we think about time like now and moving forward, but, but not God. God, God is not limited to time. That's the reason why a lot of people can't understand the oneness of God because they're looking at time the way that we look at time. And so we tell God, we, we don't see it like you see it. But guess what, God? I, I want to make sure that you know in all of my questions, in all of my wondering, I just want you to know that I know that all things work together for the good to those that, that love you and are called according to your purpose. And just for the record, today, God, I love you. And, and I have accepted the call according to your purpose. So you just keep driving and I'll just keep riding and just help me. You, you, you just keep driving. I'll keep riding and just, and just help me. I want to give you a key verse about all of this as I come to a close. Revelation. 3 and 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and makes a move and opens the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Behold, I Stand at the door, and I knock. If any man will make a move to the door, if any man will just, or woman, will just get up and answer the door. Since 10 o'clock today, or since pre-service today, there, there have been some of you that have felt a tug. You felt a pull. Can I clearly tell you what that is? And it's your move. It's, it's my move. I'll tell you what it's time to do. It's time to clear out some people in our mind that's at our table. We, we've opened the door for the wrong things. It's time to clean the room out and say, excuse me, doubt. You've been taking this seat too long. I've been supping with you too long. It's time for your exit. I'm opening up the door for someone else that that I want to start fellowshipping with. I'll tell you what you can do now, fear. 
you can go ahead and go out the door. I've entertained you so long, but but now it's time for your exit. I'm talking to somebody right now, but more important than me talking right now, the Spirit is talking to somebody right now because there are some that's got some pet sins that that they're gorging at the table. They've been gorging at the table. And it's time for you to say, look, I've never been a match for you because I have fought you under my own power. But now you're leaving because there is a power that is coming in. And I'm going to get up every day making my move to open the door, to let him come in that I can sup with him and he with me. And I'm going to start talking to him about his opinion about me. And I'm going to quit listening to the other human opinions about me. Because I've been listening too long at other opinions and human opinions and earthly opinions. But I'm going to decide right now that if it's not coming from him about me, I'm not going to believe it. Uh, if, if it's not coming from him or or my pastor or someone under the anointing of God speaking the word, and it's the clear word, I'm through listening. I'm going to make my move, and my move is to clear the table. I'm going to clear the table. You don't have to take the spirits that have encamped at your table. There are spirits, there are attitudes, there there are things that we have allowed to homestead at our table. And, and And Jesus is saying, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I'll put it in my in, in my words. And if any man or any woman or any boy or any girl or any teenager will make a move and will open the door, I'm coming in with all my wisdom. I'm coming in with all my power. I'm coming in with all of my direction. I'm coming in with everything that I am. I'm coming in having power over death, hell, and the grave. I'm coming in with resurrection power. The thief has been at the table who intends to steal, kill, and destroy. He says the thief has to go. But I'm coming in with life, and I'm coming in with life more abundantly. And so right now, as we stand together, I have just a simple invitation. Has the Spirit been saying anything to you today? Is the Spirit talking to you? Has anything come to your mind? It's your move. It's your move right now. The altar's open. The Spirit is moving. It's your move. It's your move. I started off talking about Moses, Will in talking about his, his successor. Whenever he stood up before him and he said, How long halt ye between two opinions? How long halt ye between two opinions? 
It's time for that one opinion to die. And it's time for his opinion to live. I'm speaking to somebody today. It's your move. It's your move. Those of you that have come forward, come in a, a little closer, please. Some of you move over this direction because there's, there's more coming. Whatever the Spirit is saying to you right now, respond. I'm opening these altars. These altars are open. It's your move to respond to what the Spirit is saying in you. I don't, I'm not going to direct. I'm not going to direct. We're throwing it open right now. What is the Spirit saying to you? What is the Spirit saying about salvation? What is the Spirit saying about your life? What is the Spirit saying about your direction? What is the Spirit saying about how much of a kingdom life we are living? How much? How much is it? If you came to the front right now, would would you just lift your hands if you're comfortable with that? If you want to keep your hands down and pray, however you're comfortable. But right now, let's make our move.